Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the plants and me, Lauren. Me, Graham. Bringing you another podcast episode, weekly episode, where we talk about all things English football, really, and reflect on things that have gone on across the week. And as always, there is lots to talk about within English football, good and bad things to be talking about. Uh, so for lineup for the podcast, I'll be chatting a little bit about the FIFA Club World Cup as well as putting forward a new chant to you, Dad. And Dad, what are you going to be talking about on the podcast this week? Oh, lots of exciting matches. Oh, yeah, you've got some Championship and League Two and National League that you'll be covering. Um, well, for the warm-up conversation, really, I was just trying to get your thoughts on everything that is going on with Kurt Zuma. Obviously, terrible, terrible video that came out and disgusting and awful that this is a footballer that we're seeing on a big stage and uh, meant to be a role model for kids. But so obviously that's terrible. But what I was getting your opinion on is the fact that David Moyes is still picking him. He's obviously picked him versus Leicester on Sunday, uh, whilst his brother, Yoan is banned from playing for Dagenham and Redbridge after he actually filmed the instance. He's been suspended for the time being, whilst David Moyes is continuing to put um, uh, Zuma out on the pitch. I think Moyes is probably doing it. He, you know, he'll be uh, taking advice from uh, his chairman and whoever else he needs to take advice from. I think you know it's a, it's a non-football matter that obviously reflects on football and he's a role model and all those things. But um, I mean, Moyes is being very stubborn, obviously. But uh, I'm not sure where he'll end up actually. But maybe that's the end of it now. Do you not think you'd protect him more as a player if he was to not put him on the pitch? Because I think that especially the first match when they played, he was getting booed regularly and obviously getting a lot of stick. Surely, if you're actually protecting the player, would he not maybe uh, not have him on once to try and take him out of the limelight for the time being? I don't know why he'd want to protect him though. I think he's just saying, "Well, you've done it," you know. Mm-hmm. face the consequences so well yeah we'll see what the consequences will be but um another ridiculous thing now that's coming out within the football players at the moment across the premier league so that's my warm-up conversation and uh what's your kickoff what's your little rant about this week dad uh just man united i mean good grief what's going on again there we've done this backwards and forwards and all the different managers and changes and new players and signings and I mean it's just the fans must be pulling their hair out. A well, bit. I mean there's just a lack of effort again. Some of the players against Southampton when you watch the match of the day uh, summary, yeah. you know when they highlight people who are not trying and not running, it's just horrendous, really. So yeah, no, very uh, very disappointing for such a you know skillful and you know international squad really well a, a historical team obviously um long way uh, long ago since obviously the Alex Ferguson era that's for sure well my kickoff this week is it's about the FIFA Club World Cup obviously Chelsea won it and um they were ecstatic and I think someone on ESPN wound the fans up by saying well why are you cheering there's a huge gap between New and Man City the Premier League counts more and it's not that much of a competition and I, I I'm not necessarily agreeing with that but um, it was founded 22 years ago. I didn't realise that. I thought it was a bit more modern than that. But for me, it feels like a competition that isn't necessary. And uh, we've got the Champions League. We've got a lot that goes on. We've got the World Cup. We've got Champions League. We've got FA Cup. We've got, we've got so much that, um, yeah, for me, it's another, it's another just way of trying to get money. And it was hosted in Abu Dhabi, which as a country, obviously, looking at our rules and regulations, it's very, very different same-sex marriage isn't legit obviously and uh, some very strict rules in Abu Dhabi and we're obviously putting a lot of money by having these countries that are going over these clubs so I am I'm personally don't think it, it's um, a, a competition that maybe should be taking place but why do you stand with it? Uh, waste of time I think there's no, nobody takes much notice of it it's just about money and uh, yeah no waste of time. 
half-time turnover. I was in the Premier League for my half-time turnover. I wasn't too sure where to go with it, but you mentioned it earlier, obviously, Man U versus Southampton at Old Trafford. Man U went 1-0 up at 21st minute. It was Jadon Sancho getting a goal. And yeah, Man U haven't been playing very well at the moment, but it's at Old Trafford. And obviously, Southampton still really are the underdogs. Hassan Hutel must have again done another good half-time team talk, probably just telling them to keep doing what they're doing. So they weren't playing bad in the first half. And it seemed to work because three minutes after the kickoff in the second half, Shea Adams equalises. Southampton really could have actually won the game like you're talking about, just so lacklustre Man U and went running and just sham- shambolic, really. Um, but Southampton just done really well, pulled it back after half time. It stayed at 1-1, obviously full time, but they um, had a great midweek result versus Tottenham away, 3-2. So, um, and one less day they had to prepare than Man United. So it's a quick turnover for them and they looked full of energy and, yeah, everything completely opposite to Man U, really, who looked very tired and leggy and uh, didn't really seem to be bothering. So, yeah, Southampton, they're doing brilliantly well this season under Hassan Hutel. I don't know if they're getting enough credit at the moment for what they're doing, but they get my half-time turnover. Very good. I've got one from League Two. There's a few I could have chosen, actually, but Rochdale, Harrogate. Harrogate uh, mid-table doing pretty well, and Rochdale struggling a bit. Uh, half-time, as expected, probably. Harrogate 2-1 up. Uh, then they went 3-1 up with Diamond. But uh, Rochdale came back, 61st minute, uh, Adoa, who'd come on as a substitute, scored, making it 3-2. And then a uh, new sign-in, Toan Campbell, in the 87th minute, made it 3-3. So um, Rochdale have only won once since the end of Sept- sorry, since the end of October. So actually 3-3 when you've been 3-1 down at home was a, a good turnaround. So well done to Keith Hill, the manager, for uh, engineering a 3-3 draw. So second half of the podcast now, so it's something positive that's happened within football. And, well, yeah, I was just going to really reflect on the fact that in the Premier League, the relegation battle's getting pretty close and it's heating up and it's not predictable. The last couple of seasons, I suppose, it hasn't really gone down to the wire much, both at the top or the bottom of the table. So, um, I mean, there's six teams, really, that are all getting dragged into it. And because the managers are chopping and changing so much, obviously Dean Smith at Norwich, Lampard at Everton, Eddie Howell, obviously, at Newcastle. It's all becoming very topsy-turvy. So um, between the two, obviously, Burnley at the bottom, and then you've got Brentford, I suppose, within that group. You've got a 10-point gap between them, I should say. Burnley on 14 points, Brentford on 24 points. I know I probably ask this every week, and obviously also throwing Watford into the mix, bring them all into the mix. Um, Newcastle, three wins in a row. I'll be talking about that a bit later. Lampard, obviously, coming into Everton. A couple of wins he's got. Uh, still now getting to this point of the season, obviously we just watched Newcastle on TV. Still got any kind of inkling as to who you think might get relegated? Uh, Burnley and Watford are looking mm-hmm. favourites-ish. Um, the last one's going to be tricky. I mean, Brentford are getting dragged into it. Leeds, Nor- Norwich, I suppose you probably, if you were to put money on it, you probably would say Norwich. Yeah, probably. Have you looked at the fixtures? I, it would be interesting no. to see who's got who left. And Oh, I'd love there to be a real um, clash at like last match of the season. That'd be brilliant if it went down to that. Not for the fans, obviously, but um, for us as the middleman, it'd be very entertaining. So yeah, it's, it's nice to see it just heating up and um, some really important results to be talking about down towards the bottom of the table. Uh, we don't cover the Scottish League, of course, but... Um my uh, positive thing this week is it's good to see um, the two Glasgow teams going neck and neck for the title. Rangers' domination been uh, challenged by Celtic, and um, I mean they are. It is the biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, derby in uh, world football. So 
Um, the fact that it's back into a competitive edge is uh, really interesting and uh, might just stick the old uh, Scottish match on and watch a bit of uh, Celtic Rangers. Still Ooh. nobody else challenging them, unfortunately, but at least there's a two-horse race rather than a one-horse race this year. So, yeah, it makes it interesting. my chant for the week well I can tell you that I've gone out of the Premier League and I'd look towards League One so I set my sights on Accrington Stanley and uh, their defender who I'll be talking about a little bit later he got two goals over the weekend versus Crew Alexander he's a 22 year old born in Burnley um, his sixth season at the club so he's mainly been at Accrington Stanley and uh, his name is Ross Sykes so we've got Ross Sykes for Accrington Stanley and the song that I've gone for is a 1994 PJ and Duncan, a.k.a. Anton Deck chart topper. Let's get ready to rumble. Now, I've taken some of your feedback on board that apparently my songs have been far too complicated. So this week with the chant, it would be let's get ready, ready, let's get ready, ready, let's get ready to rumble. We got Ross Sykes. We got Ross Sykes. We got Ross Sykes. Sykes. Is that it? That's it. Um... Again, it's a bit long-winded. And not, not long-winded. It's easy, surely. Um, I'll give you about four, but uh, I can't Ooh. imagine Accrington Stanley fans <laughs> with the pies and stuff. PJ Duncan that. not going to go down well? Uh, no, I don't think so, but worth a try. Final whistle, so rounding up Premier League all the way through to National League. Premier League wins for Manchester City, comfortable 4-0 win at Norwich. And Liverpool, with their 1-0 win at Burnley, just that Fabinho goal was enough, um, means it's still a nine-point gap between the two teams, but Liverpool have got a game in hand. So it's not over and done just yet. I think Liverpool is still obviously giving them a run for their money. But watching Manchester City over the weekend, I know um, they were favourites against Norwich and naturally had a lot of possession, but the way they link up and play and Pep Guardiola, the things that he's got them doing, it is, it's amazing to watch them play at the moment, as it has been for the last however many seasons. Um, then a really interesting result on Sunday, had Tottenham versus Wolves. 2-0 to Wolves. All was over really in the first half. There was a Jimenez and a Dendonka goal all in the first half and it stayed that way in the full-time 2-0. Third successive Premier League defeat for Conte and Spurs. Where's it all going wrong for Spurs this season? I mean, they obviously didn't get... Uh, who was, was it Conte they're wanting in the summer? And then obviously they got Wolves as ex-manager and then now they've gone back for Conte. What's happened at Spurs at the moment? Um, it's hard to say, really. I don't know. They seem to be up and down very much when they when they lose the um, momentum at White Hart Lane, whatever the stadium's called these days. They seem to... Yeah. Um, Seem to add it's a big ground with a you know very vociferous crowd. So they just seem to home forms the struggle. I think a bit weird. Very weird. So Wolves actually climb above them in the league, um, and then like I said, some really important points picked up down towards the bottom of the table. Newcastle versus Villa. One nil was the full time they managed to hold on and keep a clean sheet. It was just a Trippier goal, um, his free kick, which was a very impressive free kick that got them the three points. They move out the drop zone and are now four points above relegation. Obviously disappointing for Villa, who had a good midweek performance. And then, uh, as I said, more important points, Everton versus Leeds. Frank Lampard, obviously, for Everton. I think his third match in charge. 3-0, they won that one. Um, so it was goals from Coleman, Keane and Gordon. 
And it even had the Everton fans singing Super Frank, obviously the iconic Frank Lampard chant. And they're now five points clear of Norwich and Leeds is six points off relegation. So uh, between Newcastle, Everton and Leeds is really battling down towards the bottom of the table. So yeah, some really interesting results across the Premier League. Uh, the early kickoff uh, championship was Yorkshire Derby, Huddersfield and Sheffield United, both teams. Sheffield on a good run, Huddersfield uh, in the top six are both pushing for promotion, probably playoffs I would imagine. Uh, 17,500, so a decent crowd, I say a big Yorkshire Derby. Both teams had 50% possession and it was uh, a stalemate, nil-nil, so um, probably would have predicted that. But uh, yeah, both teams keep them both still in with a hunt. Staying in Yorkshire, Barnsley, only two wins all season, lost the previous six and not one in 13. Playing QPR, who were on a good uh, run of form. But QPR never really turned up, bit of a funny match. 37% possession for Barnsley. Uh, but Domingo Quinner got the winner in the 74th minute. Good news was all the teams in the relegation zone above Barnsley lost. So they're still five points off safety, so uh, a lot to do. But new manager, Poya Aspargi, it was his first win. Speedy, a Swedish manager, it was his first win. So a uh, great day for Barnsley. And QPR, a uh, bit of an off day, but I'm sure they'll come back. Uh, Blackpool, Bournemouth. Blackpool been on good form. Bournemouth very mixed. Uh, and Blackpool took the lead in the first half, 1-0 up at half-time. Solanke missed a penalty after 27 minutes. Bournemouth kept putting the pressure on, 70% possession. And eventually two late goals from Lowe, 86 minutes, and Dembele, very late, 95 minutes, gave them a valuable win, very valuable win. Gives them a five-point gap from Blackburn uh, with a game in hand, so looking like Fulham and Bournemouth back to the two that uh, should get automatic promotion. Talking of Fulham, they won 1-0 at Hull, and uh, no surprise, Mitrovic scored. His 31st goal wow. of the season, so wow. he's now equalled the record this century for championship scoring, which was set by uh, Ivan Tony last year, uh, 31 goals. So if he stays fit and they keep picking him... He'll got, beat that, surely. He's got 16 matches to go. Mm. So, um, I mean, incredible, really. He's got 31 in 30. So um, I mean, you can see him keep going and beat all the records. So well done, Mitrovic. And then the table, and they say Fulham and Bournemouth, first and second... Blackburn uh, five points behind uh, Bournemouth and QPR one point behind Blackburn. And down the bottom, so Barnsley, it's a four-horse race really. Barnsley, Derby, Peterborough, the bottom three. Reading are just above them. But then there's a ten-point gap to Cardiff. So um, it's between those four really. So Reading uh, might get dragged into it. Well, they are getting dragged into it. So, so there you go. League One, where Rotherham made it six straight league wins in a row and moved nine points clear of Wigan in second after their 2-0 win at Sheffield Wednesday. Going into match, Sheffield Wednesday actually had won four on the bounce. Uh, they had 16 shots in the match, six on target, but Rotherham was very, very clinical, just two shots on targets, which were converted by Freddie Ladipo and Michael Smith. Wigan also got back to winning ways after coming back from a goal behind to beat Charlton 2-1, Will Keane getting his 16th goal of the season. And I didn't know that Will Keane is twin brothers with Everton's Michael Keane, who also scored, uh, like I said, versus Leeds. So it was a good day for the Keane brothers. Um, so Wigan remains second, three games in hand on Rotherham. Uh, Charlton are 14 points off promotion and nine points off relegation. So very much mid-table. 
Bolton extended their unbeaten league run to seven games. I mentioned last week that they started the season off really well, then kind of went through a weird spell. And now they seem to be picking it back up again. 86 minute winner at Oxford United to win 3-2. Oxford had been on a really good run of form, but now they've got two losses in a row, but they still are sitting seventh and still joint on points with those playoff places. And Bolton are eight points off promotion. Uh, five out of the 11 games over the weekend finished a draw, but there were plenty of goals at the Wham Stadium where the home team, Acton Stanley, slotted four goals past Crew Alexandra, who still remains second from bottom. Like I said, Ross Sykes's brace and uh, Sean McConville got three assists and scoring himself, so he had a very good day. But yeah, no real changes to the table really in League One. Uh, League Two, uh, Sutton Forest Green Rovers. Uh, now that would have been a National League match a couple of seasons ago, but they're both doing uh, doing very well in the league. So Sutton, it was their third draw on the bounce. It was a 1-1 uh, result, close affair. Uh, Sutton 1-0 up at half-time, 1-1 from Kane Wilson in the second half, just over 3,000. Gets Forest Green's non- unbeaten run to 19, which is brilliant. Newport Oldham was a six-point thriller. Uh, John Sheridan, who you've got to fancy to keep Oldham up again. Newport were 2-1 up at half-time, uh, but Oldham battled back uh, and got it to 3-2. And then uh, a late goal from Dimitru meant that Newport levelled. Oldham had Bamboola sent off in the 69th minute, uh, but 3-3. Newport are a good team and uh, on form, so uh, Oldham and John Sheridan would be happy with that. Another, t- another draw for goal thriller, Colchester versus Carlisle. Again, two teams down the bottom looking to stay safe, nil nil at half time, they said two two full time. Uh, not much good for either team really, so the teams around them would have been uh, pretty pleased with that. So Forest Green now eleven points clear with a thirty seven plus goal difference. Tramier and Northampton just behind them. Then the bottom three, Scunthorpe and Oldham still the bottom two. Um, although Oldham have got a couple of games in hand and Carlisle are now uh, third from the bottom. Then the National League, Chesterfield went to Weymouth. Paul Cook's their manager, actually, ex-Portsmouth, Ipswich and Wigan. Missed that one happening. Uh, they went 1-0 up in the 70th minute um, and looked like they were going to win, but then a 98th minute equaliser from Weymouth spot the day for them. Uh, as a five-goal thriller, uh, Southend and Morkin, uh, and uh, Southend were 2-0 up at half-time and uh, 3-2 full-time, so they're up to 12th. So Southend looked like they were struggling at the start of the season, but uh, this first season out of the league... Looks like they're now settled and should be able to get back up the table. So down the bottom, Stockport and Chesterfield, level games, 27 level points, 55. So um, goal difference for Stockport, plus three versus Chesterfield. And Halifax have got a game in hand on them both, but they are five points behind. So rest of the playoffs, Bromley, Borehamwood, Solihull and Wrexham. Uh, down the bottom, still the same, bottom three, Dover, Kingsley and Weymouth. Barnet of the week. Well, we've previously had him as our Barnet of the week, but he's got a new Barnet. He's gone to a new club, new look, and he's actually got rid of the dreadlocks and the red streak that was in his hair. He's gone for a bit of a cleaner cut and a new start at Everton for Delhi Alley. Some fans were saying they were a bit upset that he's got rid of the dreadlocks because there was a chant apparently going around about the dreadlocks and Delhi Alley. Uh, but no, he's cut up, he's cut most of it off. And I've got to say that I do prefer a slightly cleaner cut Barnet from Delhi Alley. Uh, celebrating his third or the third win for Barnes this year and his first win since he took over as manager. 
Empire Ashbargi. Easy uh, to say that. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, only other management job was Swedish under 21. So um, settling into life in Yorkshire, and he's got greased back black hair. Very, Ooh, okay. very smart, actually. Nice. Well, that's it for football chants and rants with the plants as i always say you can listen back to any of our previous episodes uh, just search for us on your nearest search engine we're also on twitter uh, we can have a say and give us a follow uh, but that's it we will be back with some more next week and we'll see you then